0: Hello, and welcome to the podcast, A Voice for the Hurting. This is season three, a season dedicated entirely to stories of how God is faithful through the roughest times in our lives. I truly believe that we can gain in faith and hope through other people's stories and testimonies. So pull up a chair, listen closely, and be encouraged by today's story. Today, it is my pleasure to introduce Timothy Gemley, who's going to talk to us today about how God was faithful throughout a time in his life that was not that great. So Timothy, tell us a little bit about your story.
1: So, uh, and I was raised in a Christian home with a good, strong family, uh, that taught me to love God and to follow him. Um, and had really, a really great relationship with, with my parents, uh, and kind of an ideal childhood in a lot of ways. Nothing's perfect, right? We always have things that happen, but that kind of changed when I hit high school. Well, junior high, my mom was diagnosed with cancer. Um, And then I remember I was in gymnastics class in high school. Um, Well, not class. It was actually a club. I was captain of the gymnastics club and we were, we were practicing after school. And uh, my mom had a follow-up appointment. This had been like three or four years after she initially had been diagnosed. It was kind of in remission, but she had a follow-up appointment that day. And they walked in the door and I remember as soon as I saw them come into the gym and I knew, Oh, oh it's bad. And yeah. so I kind of like was staring at them. My friends didn't realize what they were, they were waving their hands in front of my face and stuff. And, you know, like, Hey, what's the matter? You know, Cause all of a sudden I just kind of like froze in the middle of, of gymnastics, but I just knew in that moment, oh, oh, you know, this is bad. And sure enough, my mom's, my mom's cancer had come back. It was in her lymph system and spreading all over her body. And So it was interesting, though I did see um, healing take place in her life. Yeah, Um, we had the uh, you know the elders come and anoint uh, her and stuff, and there's you know promises if the elders anoint and pray for the sick, they will be healed. Um, Yeah, and so you know, and as as a a pastor and author, people ask me about this stuff. I'm like, why doesn't that? Well, I believe it does happen, but sometimes the healing that God knows we need is not the healing that we're looking for. Right. Um, He's more concerned with our spiritual life than anything else, um, because that's what's going to carry on for for eternity. And that, you know, our any healing we get in the physical is just a temporary healing until we get the ultimate healing that he will give us. Right. When we when we get resurrected bodies and we get, you know, everything's perfect. So the anyway, but back to the, the story there, I I saw healing in her life. Uh, She was a person who was always very fearful and especially was scared about cancer. She was always worried about cancer. Uh, We were probably the last family in America to get a microwave because she was convinced it was going to cause cancer. Um, So she didn't want to have a microwave that was going to. She was always worried about illness. She was a nurse, so she knew everything that could go wrong. She saw it all. So like every time we opened a can, it was like she's got her ear to it to listen to the psst if you didn't hear the stuck was going in the garbage because it could be botulism right yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I saw her go from this fearfulness to just a place of faith and trust in God that God actually used the cancer to bring about a spiritual healing where she completely trusted him and that just changed her outlook and so seeing that in her helped me I think to say okay i need to have this kind of relationship with with, with god and it actually that time period in my life i think moved me forward in my relationship a lot you know as, as a kid i knew about god I knew the stories and, and i'd pray to him and read my bible and stuff but i hadn't really i think heard his voice
0: yeah
1: speak to me in, in a personal way until around that time where i was just really like you know everything's changing and all of a sudden this kind of perfect world that i have is crumbling and falling apart and I started to be able to just kind of get these, these thoughts from the spirit. You know, I remember I was in church one time, this is kind of a, a pivotal thing. I was in church and I heard him asking me, we were singing these songs. Will you still trust me if your mom dies? Yeah. And I remember I just tears started flowing down my face. And, but I was like, yes, God, I, I, I will, trust you. Um, and, you know, ultimately you know, she she did pass away while I was my senior year in high school, and so, of course, that was a, a very difficult difficult time, a painful time, um, but it was also a time I look back on as time where I really got close to God, and yeah. it also interestingly it awakened a hunger in me to find out how to know Him better because when I found out when when you start hearing His voice and you're you start having this deeper relationship, like well, why can't I, you know, have that all the time? Why can't I just be like Enoch and, and walk with him and hear him? And, and, and so I thought, well, is, is that something special just for Enoch? You know, what, can any, and I. more I started studying and digging, I realized, no, this is, we're getting, we are get to be as close to God a, as we want. So that kind of took me uh, on a journey to like learn how, what are the tools that we can use Right. Why are some people closer to God and some people aren't, even though maybe both of them want to be close to God? Yes. If God wants to be just as close to both of them, why does one person get there and someone else? Does? And then I realize that there is actually tools that we can use to 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 get there. And so I spent kind of like years going after, like practicing these things. I still am. Right. I don't think we ever get there. We. We are always learning and and growing, but I eventually I got to the point where I, I you know that's one of my my first book <laughs> I call it God's submarines tools to go deep with God. Oh, uh, I came, like that. Came, came out of that. Um, yeah. So it's but it's it's following the things like you know meditation um, and scripture memorization and of course Bible study and but also things people don't think about as much uh, fellowship is 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 is, is Part of the things that that takes us there, um, I think Sabbath is is something that that's that's a part of that. You know, taking time away just to shut off from the world and, and be with God, um, and so all these things are just you know classically called the the disciplines, but the things that I, I call them submarines, right? Yeah. <laughs> so they to, to to go ahead and and just uh, get there. Um, it was was something that. Was that was awakened in me, and so I think like now, you know, I miss my mom, and I I think that was a hard time, but I actually see that the good that God brought out of it is greater than than than, than the evil, and that's just a miracle that that God does. I think the other thing that made me think about was like uh, it's interesting how like the things that I teach about and, and write about. A lot of them come from that experience, that 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 pain. It's what kind of propelled me in a direction, and now I'm like, okay, this is what I learned. I want to to share it with other people, and so like I realized life is short, right? My my mom was 42 when she died, and so what is it that we I want to get out of life while while I'm here? Yeah, I have an eternity, but I want to enjoy what I have here too. And there's things that I can do here that I'm not going to get to do in eternity. I don't, get yes. to, I don't get to share the gospel with anybody in eternity, right? Everyone's, everyone there is going to know it. Yeah, that's <laughs>
0: absolutely right. I,
1: I, I, you know, I, what I can accomplish now for God's kingdom is, is, is this, this is the lifetime that I, that I have to do it. Um, but also, you know, just being able to, to show people that life with God can be fun. It can be an adventure. And so learning how do I thrive in every part of life, right? What is it that, that's going to help me to be relationally thriving? And yes, financially thriving. But uh, for me, finances is like probably the least important area. <laughs> People tend to emphasize it the most. Uh, and, and that's kind of what my criticism would be of the so-called prosperity gospel is that they don't go big enough. Um, yeah. That God, yeah, God does want us to prosper. But the prosperity is much more than financial uh, in fact, financial can be a barrier to other things. That's why Jesus said it's it's difficult for the rich to be saved. not impossible with him. All things are possible, but that those finances can be a barrier to him. So he will keep that area from you if, until you've gotten those other areas to where they're thriving enough that they can handle that burden really of having a greater finances because finances can want to steal your heart. Yeah, right? absolutely. you can't serve, you can't serve two masters. You're going to serve money. You're going to serve God doesn't mean you, money's evil. You can, money can be great good and money can be used for, for great good. And it's okay to have nice things. It's okay. To have good stuff, but it can't have your heart. Um, and so learning all that learning, how does, you know, just how do I th- really thrive in every area? And how do I keep that balance? That's something I'm st- obviously still learning, but again, that's my, that was my second book is <laughs> thrive, right? So those, those are two <laughs> books that I've got out there now is God's yeah. Summer and thrive. And they all came out of really write this, experiences was was a dark time in 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 my life yeah and so and then recently well it's been four years four and a half years ago uh, I had a rock climbing accident um, so it's kind of another dark time in my life I fell 25 feet uh, and you know I like to just leave it at that because people like that sounds so cool. You have a rock climbing, <laughs> but people always want to ask me, well, how did it happen? Were you climbing in Yosemite? No, I was climbing on a wall at the gym uh, and I forgot to clip in, but no, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I was wearing a harness. It just wasn't clipped to the, it was an auto belay. So usually, you know, if you're climbing with a partner and you say belay on, you have this kind of safety checks you do. It was an auto belay with the, the clip. I forgot to clip onto the auto belay. Um, I used to climb a lot. So I, I was used to just kind of, Going and I forgot that one time to clip on. I was near the top of the wall and missed a missed a move and down I came. Yeah, I learned that you can have great faith. I had faith in the harness it doesn't do any good if you don't got the connection. So, oh, great. Oh, I like that. Yeah. That's
0: a really so, good point.
1: So yeah, that's important when you're thinking about having faith. Do you also have the connection, right? You okay, yeah, I got faith in God. So he's gonna save me. Well, he might he's gonna say to some people when he comes back, I never knew you who think they have faith in him. Right. So you got to yeah. have that. You got to have the connection. That's where the, the, the submarines come, come in again. So, but anyway, yeah. So I fell rock climbing, broke my hip and my wrist wow. and some ribs. So uh, I couldn't, they just decided to try to fix it, uh, but they didn't want me to put any weight on it for three months. Three months. So three months I'm basically with a walker, but I couldn't use this arm because it was broken. So I had to like elbow brace. i like kind of mm. barely get to the bathroom um, yeah. for, for those three. And of course the ribs didn't help. <laughs> <with that. Right. laughs> uh, so uh, it was, but it was a time where I kind of went back and revisit, okay, how has God led me and really said, no, you know, this is just an opportunity to trust him and to show the things that I've learned along the way and to say, yeah, I'm going to move through this. And it was, it was a long recovery process. I was three inches shorter on, uh, on that side until I yeah. finally, a couple of years later, got hip replacement and evened it out. it's been much better since I got. Oh, I bet it has. Yeah. <laughs> three inches makes a big
0: difference. Yeah.
1: I had to get shoes with these special, you know, big old blocks. And so, and I still can't do everything physically that that I would want to do. But I praise God that that I'm here. And I still have a testimony to share. And so, yeah, that's my story. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's where where I'm at. Um,
0: so many good things that we could dive into with all that. Honestly, uh, I love the idea of the submarines. And I honestly feel like the the Big Sea Church as a whole has started to stop emphasizing how important all of those things are and how important it is to have that connection to God. And I know some churches are doing a better job of it than others, uh, but things like prayer and things like really being in the word, knowing the word, meditating on it. I don't know if everyone in my audience has even thought about meditating from the purpose of God and the Bible and his word. When you hear the word meditation, a lot of people think about like yoga or clearing their mind or you know yeah. like these things. Yeah,
1: it's an unfortunate thing that I've seen happen in the church where some people are actually scared of meditation. They're like, oh, yes, that's that's a devil thing. Well, I'm like, wait a second, the Bible had it first. Yes, <laughs> the yes, Bible talks did. a lot about meditation. So just because there's a counterfeit doesn't mean you throw away the original. If I know there's a hundred dollar b- counterfeit bills going around, I'm not going to go and throw away all my hundred dollar bills just because I'm going <laughs> to no, know how to go and find out how to tell the difference because something is only counterfeited. If it's valuable, you don't count. There's no counterfeit $1 bills. Generally people don't bother counterfeiting $1 bills. They counterfeit the big bills. Meditation. Yeah. There's, there's this counterfeit meditation. Why? Cause it's valuable. Um, and it's it, it meditation is one of the things I think that has helped me along with journaling, I've journaled with my meditation, you know, to really get, get deep with, with God. And there are, you know, a lot of the techniques are similar because guess what, a good, a good counterfeit, right. Does have things that are similar. I'm not saying that even, you know, practicing some of these things is, is, is bad the way that they're, right. they're taught They're They can be used that way. Right. It's, that's all about how your what your what your focus is and what you're trying to do a lot of the a lot of the meditation that taught though is that it's taught to empty yourself and that's the difference between Christian meditation is we're not trying to empty ourselves we're trying to focus ourselves on the God yeah. um, yes there and is a creating ourselves. of space for Him yeah so there is that exactly. similarity because we are, we are emptying ourselves of all the distractions and all the junk but it's not just to be empty it's to be filled with him and to focus ourselves onto his word and onto and his thoughts and what what he wants for us so that's uh i think the kind of the the distinction i would make what what makes meditation christian versus just meditation that you know that be taught where wherever right
0: yeah yeah very good good way to line it out like that i like that a lot along those same lines with the submarines uh do you mind listing those again like, just because I think it's a, it, all of us need to make sure that our lives are surrounded by the things of God and that we're making every effort that we can to be like in, in the word or to, you know, focus on him. And I'll definitely include a, a link in the description to your books so people can find those.
1: Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, I'll give you that information. Also, if they would uh, like just a free copy of three or four chapters from either of the books, if they want to just email me at timothygemley at gmail.com, that's just one word, (laughs) T-I-M-O-T-H-Y-J-E-M-L-Y at gmail. Uh, Just put the free book in the, in the, just in the subject line and say, if you want thrive or God submarines, I'll send three or four chapters to them as a free sample. So, um, there are more, um, disciplines than what I cover. Uh, in my book, I go over, um, meditation, uh, Bible study, Sabbath fellowship. I don't see. I have it here. Let me make sure I don't miss it. There's 10 things that I covered dreams actually. Yes. Um, dreams and visions are a way to connect with God. And sometimes, again, I thought that that was something that was just for the select few. It's for the, the prophets. It's for, you know, the people that Then, more I researched and found that God giving dreams, giving visions to ordinary people and just when they, when they needed things and find that actually there's ways that we can cooperate with God to understand the dreams that we have. Um, and also even to, to receive vision, to be open to that, right. Um, God gives us, he sees fit, but what we can, there are things that we can do that help to just open the pathway to allow him to, to, to do that. And sometimes people get, again get scared about these things. They're like, well, you're, you're opening yourself to things you don't understand, but Jesus gave a promise, right? He said, if you're, you ask your father for a, for, for a fish, will you give him a snake? right? If your kids ask you for that, he says, well, how much will your heavenly father, right? In other words, he, snake represents evil spiritual things. If you're asking, he, he specifically ties to the Holy Spirit. You're asking for the Holy Spirit. You're not going to get an evil spirit, right? Right. So if you're asking, you're saying, God, I want to connect with you in this way. He's not going to say, okay, well, let me just let this evil spirit lead you off down the the guard right. path. The garden That's path. Not now there are guardrails, right? We, are, have, yes. we have scripture and other people to keep us from like because we can lead ourselves astray, we absolutely <laughs> we can, can. <laughs> right? We we can do all kinds of things with our mind that can lead us out. But so we do need those those guardrails. We have to make sure things line up with Scripture that we're we're hearing. We bounce it off other Christians, and um we don't just go running off because oh, I you know I think God told me to go spend all my money on this Ferrari. But yeah, maybe you better double check with some. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. Well, and I think everything, if you check it against Scripture, you know, very few times in Scripture does God. either theoretically or hypothetically give somebody a Ferrari or have them go buy the Ferrari. You know what I mean? The things that he's calling people to do um, are things that either connect you to him or help bless others. It's so much less about us. And that's one of the things that I've noticed and learned in my own Christian walk is when we walk around and just think about ourselves and just like, even in our prayers, only pray for what we want or what we feel like we need and instead shift the focus off of us, giving praise and honor to God and and interceding for other people, then God takes care of everything that we need. You know what I mean?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. 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 He, 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 that's the thing is where we, we get off. We try to like think that, well, I gotta take care of myself. You know, I no, you have a heavenly father that takes care of you. You don't work. one of the things I teach about work is you don't work for money. If you're working for money, you're you're serving money. Yeah. You work we're all called to work, but we're called to work for a purpose. We work for God, we work for his glory and his purpose. And he takes care of us. He may take care of us through our job, through our work. He may take care of us another way. Either way, we got to keep it clear in our mind that it's not the work that's taking care of us. It's God that's taking care of us. We work because we're called to, because we're his children. And we're called to be like him and he works. Um, and so, uh, yeah, so I didn't, didn't finish going through all the the list here. We, oh, sorry.
0: Yeah, go we ahead. got, we
1: got the, uh, bible study of course you know yes um and not just reading but actually studying digging in and following a topic through and doing word studies that kind of stuff fasting um is another one that's that very much kind of fallen out of uh vogue in most most christian circles some of them not but uh you know oh. it's
0: people more often are speaking of fasting for like health reasons or weight loss. Yeah. It is coming like into vogue
1: in, in, uh, it is. <laughs> in, in, in that area. Right. And then the health yeah. side of things
0: right. uh,
1: and, and intermittent fasting, which actually is interesting, right? Because you're seeing the benefits of something that is actually a uh, physical benefits of something that actually is a biblical practice that the Jews used to fast twice a week. is intermittent fasting, right? That was, that was, they had their days. right? It was like Tuesday and Thursday. They were they're doing their fast days, but fasting to me is, yeah, it's got those health benefits, but it's more than that. It is a, it is a way of saying to God and saying to ourselves, reminding ourselves that he really is everything we need even more than food. Yes. I need him. And so I try and if, when I'm fasting, I try to dedicate the time I would use to preparing food and to eating, to spending extra time in God's word, to spending extra time in prayer and meditation uh, and so I'm, I am actually using that time to feast spiritually yeah. Uh, and to say, this is what I really need to survive, right? This is what this is. Man does not live by bread alone, whatever word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So I'm going to live on the, on the, the word of God today. I'm going to remind myself that this is, this is where I need to get my spiritual, my true nourishment from. Yeah. My body has to eat sometimes, but not every day. Yeah. <laughs> today yeah. is not the day today we're going to focus on on uh, what i need every day every day i need this word of god every day i need and i'm going to take i'm going to make a feast day today i'm going to really feast on him so another one that i, I cover in my book is confession and as you know the, the title of the chapter is it's not just for catholics um
0: <laughs> yeah that's a good title
1: because <laughs> <laughs> we are actually called to confess our sins one to another now we're all priests right that that's kind of where I I would differ from the Catholics, right? They have their the priests that they have to go. We're all priests. We're we're we are all priests of God, so we can confess to each other. Not that you have to confess to another person for forgiveness. When we confess our sins to God, we're forgiven. Period. But when we confess to each other, we find healing. Yes. Because sometimes we need somebody, we need to hear somebody else speaking out that forgiveness in order for us to forgive ourselves, in order for our heart to begin to, to receive that, that, that healing transformation. And there's actually a text that says, right, confess your sins one another so that you may be healed. And so confession helps clear our, our, clear the air, clear our soul out so that we're open again to hearing God's voice, to being in his presence and to uh, experiencing what what he experienced. Uh, and then fellowship, the next one I cover is more than we talk about, like, oh, we're having a fellowship dinner, right? We're having fel- anything fun, it's fellowship. That could be kind of part of it, but I think a fellowship more like the Lord of the Rings, the fellowship of the ring, right? Yeah. What was that about? Well, it, it was a coming together for a purpose, right? Yeah. We have a common purpose. We're doing something with that is for a greater, greater cause. And that really brings people together, right? Yeah. Like the miners who got caught in the mine for all those days back in um, a few years ago, I remember the big story, they were been down there for like several months. They're trying to dig them out. Those yeah. people, they experienced fellowship, right? They had this deep common bond because the shared experience and the shared goal of, to, of you know, getting out obviously. Um, and so fellowship is, really coming together with others in common bond and a common goal and saying, how can we work together? This is way the church should work. Um, most churches today, unfortunately become like a consumer kind of thing where I just go and, you know, feed me, enjoy the worship. And, you know, I've gotten my spiritual blessing. Church should be a place where we're connecting with others in order to go out to work together, to accomplish a, a purpose and a goal. Um, and so that's, that's fellowship, and then of course, prayer is a big one, uh, right? We prayer is like oxygen. Uh, you know, we that's why we're to pray without ceasing. And sometimes people think, "Wow, man, how do I ever get to that where I'm just talking all the time to God?" Prayer is not just talking. Prayer is listening. Yes,
0: it <laughs> so absolutely is.
1: Praying without ceasing means to have an awareness of His presence all the time. Yeah. It's like you know, when you're with your spouse and you're driving in the car, you don't have to be talking all the time you you know they're there and you know you you make a little comment you're just having a constant awareness of their presence and that's what um, what we want to get to i don't think we ever always completely get there but that's that's like our something we should practice uh, brother lawrence talked about practicing the presence of god right that's what, we, yes. that's what i'm really saying there we need to practice the presence of god simplicity is a, a submarine which you can look at in different ways right simplicity and yeah in how we dress and the stuff that we have, but also simplicity and lifestyle of unplugging from electronics, of not letting things get too complicated where we have too much in our schedules and too right. Simplifying things, simplifying our life. The Amish are really good about that. Uh, You know, obviously they they take it to a whole nother level, Yes. (laughs) Uh, but there's, uh, my wife's actually been reading some stuff about the Amish, uh, someone who, her family is Amish. She's not like her extended family. So she gets to go and be with them and learn from them, but she's not herself. And so she talks about the principles that they teach and how you can apply it in, in, in our life and in our world. And some really some interesting stuff uh, that, that she is. She's been talking about that, but that simplicity, I think is something that's really needed in, in our world. Um, and then kind of tying in with that is Sabbath, the Sabbath is, Taking that day out where you're saying, boom, sometimes I need a reset because things just creep in. They creep in, they creep in and life gets more complicated. It gets more, you get off track taking a day and saying, I'm not going to work this day. I'm going to focus this day on God. I'm gonna, this day is set aside for his purposes. It resets that internal. All right. I am resting in Christ. And it's interesting in, in the creation story. Right, each day if you read through it. It says the evening and the morning were the first day. The evening and the morning were the second day. The evening comes first in God's yeah. timetable, and of course, the evening is the time for rest. So the way that God wants us to operate is that we rest in Him first, and we work out of the rest. See, the world says, "I just work until I'm exhausted, and then I rest. I crash." Yeah. But God's way of doing things as I connect with him, I connect with heart, I rest. I, and out of that flow out of that energy, then I go out and I do something before I'm exhausted. I come back to rest. Yeah. Uh, and so the rest comes first. And the Sabbath kind of is a reset for that. Of When I get off that, that rhythm that no, I need to enter back into God's rest and do things from, from his strength, not from, from from my strength. So and you uh, know the one other thing that I I talk about because I kind of like puns is the yeah. submission.
0: Submission.
1: <laughs> right. Every submarine needs to have a mission and that mission yes. is submission. Uh <laughs> and so really kind of the goal, but also one of the submarines itself I look at too is to submit to him mm-hmm. in everything. Right. The
0: word submission I think has gotten a really bad rap in more recent times. <laughs>
1: Well, people have abused it to yes. make us submit to other people, Yes. right? And we are to submit to other people mutually.
0: Mutually, yes.
1: Um, and so, but that's, uh, that's as we're submitting to God, right? And so submission to God is first, and he teaches us how to submit, as Jesus did, right? Jesus submitted himself to other people, but he didn't do it in a way where he allowed them to abuse him well they did abuse him but i mean in control him right he didn't they didn't take him off of what he was called to do um they didn't they didn't he didn't let them set the agenda he washed their feet and he submitted even to the death of the cross and being abused in that way but but that was because that was his agenda even though he was he was being abused he was being that was his agenda he was and god's agenda ultimately he was submitted to god's agenda right he says i don't do anything except what i see the father doing so same way we submit to God first. And then he teaches us how to submit to others in a way that keeps us on his agenda, not on their agenda.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I love um, the concept of Jesus as a servant leader and how that is actually what our goal should be. Um, Especially people who are in leadership positions, it's serving in leadership. like, Cause I think a lot of times, especially in our culture, um, when people are in positions of leadership, they end up thinking that, um, you know, everyone else should serve them (laughs) like they're the King, you know what I mean? Or they're the queen or, and because women are definitely just as, (laughs) as guilty of that as men are, but but that's not the goal for the Christian.
1: Yeah. We, we we're, we're called to serve. And Jesus said the, the, the greatest will be the servant of all. Right. So that's a different, different mindset. And it is, there is always that temptation to exalt ourselves and so humility i think could be a submarine it's not anything i've covered but it should be probably uh you know humility is, is greatly important of course jesus says humble yourself and i will lift you up so if you really want to be exalted humble yourself but he opposes the poses the proud there's <laughs> god opposes the proud you don't you don't want to be opposed by god so that that is pride is the one thing we gotta we gotta weed out of our hearts and always be on the, the lookout and the search against
0: uh, do you think there's any telltale signs? Because I I feel like sometimes when we're struggling with pride, we don't always see it. You know what I mean? We might feel like we're doing all the things right, and that's maybe the problem. Like I'll I'll give you an example. When I was a whole lot younger, so I'm I'm a little older than I look, and uh, I remember thinking. I'm a good Christian, you know, and like thinking of the things that I'm doing for God and, you know, just like being so glad that like, I'm, I was at least glad that God was using me, but my heart was totally in the wrong place. You know what I mean? Cause I was, I was a good Christian and I was doing great. And I was, you know what I mean? And it was all these self-centered thoughts about how well I was doing for God. And now I know like God works through me. It's him. It's not about me. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I think that's a growth process we all have to, to go through. And it is about learning humility and humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's not that, Oh, I'm a terrible person. Oh, I'm just glad a,
0: you brought that up. Right. Yeah. I'm
1: the, I'm just a, a worm. I'm a sinner saved by grace. Well, actually you were a sinner, but you're saved by grace and now you're a saint, but not yes. because of what you can do because of who you are in Christ. And so learning to, put your identity, pull your identity from him is important because pride can actually manifest itself on the negative side, right? Pride can manifest itself on actually, that's actually a false humility to say, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm just so, oh, I'm, I'm awful. Like why? Cause you're still focusing on you.
0: Yep.
1: Humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less.
0: Yes. Yes. I like so
1: that. So you should, like when you walk into a room, are you thinking about what is my hair good? What are people thinking about? How am I, how, how I dress? How are they experiencing me? Or are you looking and saying, who here needs a smile from me? Who looks down that I need to go and give a, a word of encouragement to, right? Humility is thinking about other people, thinking about God, not thinking about yourself. So the, the, the warning sign, I guess, that, you know, about pride is, are you thinking about yourself all the time, right? Are you thinking <laughs> about yourself at all, really? Right. We don't we we shouldn't need to be thinking about ourselves. We need to be continually refocusing our mind on God and what he's doing and what he's called us to do, which is to love other people and how we can serve them.
0: Talk about countercultural, huh? It's just about every message, especially like in the media and like all the commercials are, you know, you deserve this or, you know, all of these messages about think of yourself first, do this for yourself. Even
1: even Sprite, obey your thirst, right? Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) No, don't obey your emotions and your thoughts and desires. Obey God and submit to his thoughts and his ways and uh, yeah, it's very countercultural. It's, it, uh, but I think that's I mean, that's what we're called to be. We're called to to be swim against the culture, and sometimes we get that messed up, and we think that means to fight the culture,
0: right. to
1: like be obtuse and, you know, make it obnoxious of ourselves, saying, oh, you're wrong. You're wrong. that's not how, how how we do it." Right? But we're just called to live counterculturally. To, well because
0: that's not how jesus did it either he never right, yeah jesus like jesus the only thing you could call up is him tip, flipping the tables in he, the, the people but, that he called out right were the yes.
1: religious people who weren't yes. living up to what they what they were should have been doing that's what makes him upset is, is the, the people out in the world he didn't he didn't bother them because yeah they knew they were messed up he didn't they didn't need him to tell them that and he just right. wanted they needed someone to show them love and that's what he did um yeah. But the people who were religious and thought they were all that, he's like, no, you, you were blind guides, right? Because they thought they had it together. They thought they were following God, but they were, it was all just right a disguise. They were covered, they were wolves covered in lambskins.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the, how we respond to other people too. Uh, someone said to me recently that what we really need to be focusing on is the truth in love. And I think that very often we we skip over the in love part. (laughs) We forget to have compassion for the other person. Like Jesus does, you know, Jesus has compassion for us no matter where we are in life. But when we're faced with someone who has a different belief than ours, or, you know, with somebody who really needs Jesus, then a lot of times we'll end up treating them poorly instead of treating them in love.
1: Yeah. I think like God is love. Of course, he's also the source of all truth. So if you separate truth from love, I think it really ceases to be truth. Yeah, uh, like that. that it, you know, it becomes something else. I don't know. It, it, I don't know if you call it falsehood, but it's it's no longer it's no longer the truth that it was because God is love, and so you can't separate that. You can't separate truth from from love. If you you try to do that, you know, it it becomes a weapon, and yeah. that's. Antithetical to what God is about. God, God wants people to come to Him. He wants He wants to share
0: His heart. Yeah, I like that. Thank you. Added to my (laughs) Yes, this makes sense. Um, I wanted to come back, talk about uh your your situation with your mom a little more. Okay. Um, just because it was such a huge choice point in your own life, when you did come to that, I know you said that like you heard God ask you if he would still trust you. Was that an instantaneous yes with no question? Or did you have doubt at that time in your, in your mind, whether you could trust God?
1: I think it was pretty instantaneous. It was also kind of emotionally overwhelming at the same time, because I felt like, yeah, that was going to happen. And it was kind of of a, like a letting go. And so uh, it, it was, was hard, but I think it was also necessary. I think that God did that so that, you know, when it happened, I'd already kind of had to let go. Uh, yeah. and it was, uh, easier for the, for the healing process to start.
0: Yeah. What would you say to someone today who was struggling with a really difficult thing that they don't, didn't think that they wanted to face or like, like that, like with you losing your mom?
1: I would say that you'll make it through if you hold on to God. I don't know how I would have gotten through if it hadn't been for God. And I mean, I suppose I would have lived, but, you know, I think I would have been probably a different person. I, you know, I, well, I know I'd be different. I, you know, it would, it would have made me just very jaded and hard and closed off. So, and I've seen that in other people that when they face difficult things, there is those who it drives closer to God and those who it drives them away from God. But that's a choice that you make. You decide if you want it to drive you closer, if you want it to drive you away. And what I would say is that if you let it drive you away, it, it will destroy who you are. You yeah. will. It will destroy your life. Uh, you know, from from the inside, you will, you will crumble under the pressure. If you let it drive you closer to God, the pressure on the inside will equal the pressure on the outside, and you will eventually find healing and thriving again.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's a hard thing, isn't it? Because the healing process is different for everybody and different depending on what's going on in your life. Like some people have been deeply broken and shattered and by whatever it is that they're going through. Um,
1: Yeah. And you have to know that, you know, thing, just give yourself grace and understand that people say time heals all wounds. It's not really the case. It's not time that does it, 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 but it takes time. And it's, it's Jesus who brings the healing. So allow him in, um, you know, meditate, ask him to show you in that hard time where you went through the darkest hour, visualize that and say, Jesus, where were you in that situation? What were you doing? Show me. All right. And, and, and he will, as you just imagine that scene, you look around for him, you find him, see what he's doing. And that helps to, to bring healing and it helped. And then ask him to help show you what good he's bringing out of it. Um, Because, as you see that it helps you to again with that with that process and and don't I'd say don't try and bottle up the emotions don't try and, and discount them you know God gave us the emo, uh, emotions we're He's an emotional being we're to be emotional like Him let the, let yourself feel those emotions um, and sometimes it will they'll just take you by surprise I remember you know they were just for years right all of a sudden something would happen it's like boom, a flip switches. <laughs> you know, yeah. all of a sudden I'm just crying and missing my, my, my mom. Uh, you know, there was a, a song that, that one of my friends sang at her funeral, we are standing on holy ground. Right. And I was probably 10, 15 years before I could hear that song without crying. Right. It was, yeah. it was just like, that was an emotional trigger that just boom. Uh, and so there's those things that, that happen. give yourself grace for that and allow yourself to, to, to have that and experience it. Because that's, that's part of the, I'd say that's part of the process, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think you're right. I want to bring up just because for myself, it's been easier for me to give grace to others than it has been to give it to myself in my own situations. And I feel like if you kind of imagine that it's your friend that you're talking to and not yourself, then you can really recognize how you're not giving grace to yourself. <laughs> Cause sometimes we're hard on ourselves, you know, yeah. like, why am I, why am I crying again? I, we you know, say I things should, to you know, ourselves.
1: We would never say yes. to other people.
0: Yes, we do. Yeah. And is there anything along those lines that you think helped you? I don't know. I was
1: just a long, I was, I was young. Yeah. So I, yeah. Yeah, it was a different, I'm trying to remember what my thoughts were 20 years, five years ago, yeah. whatever. Right. right. <laughs> was, yeah. I think I, I, I'm, well, I remember that turning to God a lot. That's what I, that's what I mostly remember is just, just turning to him and praying and saying, God, I I need you, I need you to to help me through this. And of course I remember the sadness, you know, but now I also remember the comfort that he brought, you know? And so, and my friends at the time, I remember some of them told me later that they're like, wow, seeing you, how you handled yourself through that experience really helped us. Yeah. Uh, and so, and I would say that too, is that sometimes we're like so lost in the pain. We feel like we've lost our purpose. Right. And in fact, that moment of your pain, you may actually be fulfilling your purpose and just in the way that you cling to God and the way that you live your life, the way that you hold Him, Other people still see that. And then going forward, right. That pain actually can move you to your purpose too. Right. Let's, two books that I've written and the, a lot yeah. of ministry that I do comes out of, 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 of that experience. So, and I think that's the same for, for other people that God, God doesn't waste anything, right. He uses it right. for, for his good.
0: Yeah. Uh, are there any verses that you would recommend to someone who's going through hard times right now? Like that?
1: There's a few verses, one that helped me. Uh, I don't remember where it's found exactly. It. <laughs> it's in Isaiah uh specifically with, with death it says that the righteous perish and no one takes it to heart no one ponders that the the lord has taken them to spare them from trouble and so you know to me it was like okay god knows the future he knows the things and that it was actually a loving thing for him to let my mom pass away at that time just because maybe there was things coming that she couldn't handle right that just emotionally would be too hard for her or whatever and um to be able to trust him that 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 is for the good Romans 12, two is another passage that, you know, is a, uh, a, a favorite for, for, of mine, you know, and um, another passage says, in all things, God works for the good of those who are called according to his purpose, Romans eight. And so those just cling on to those kinds of things. And even, you know, Philippians four 13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So in those moments where I don't feel like I can even get out of bed, you know, I can do all things through, through Christ who, who gives me strength. Um, And remembering that part that it's through him, right? Not, not my strength and myself. I can do nothing. It's those two halves that I have to remember. I can do nothing myself, but through him, I can do all things. Right. And just moving forward with, with that.
0: Great. All right. Is there anything else you'd like to share with my audience today?
1: I just say that, you know, God loves you. He wants you to thrive. He wants you to find healing. Uh, he wants you to, but most of all, right. He wants you to find that deep relationship with him. So seek both of those things, seek to, to have a deep relationship with him, seek to enjoy life fully in every area and ask him to teach you, right. He wants to be your teacher to teach you how to live life, how to thrive, how, how to have an abundant life. That's what he promised. He came for Not just life, but an abundant life, you uh, know, in, in great deep relationships and times well spent and a purpose that is accomplished. He has a purpose for you. You're not, you're not just here for, for randomness. There's, he has a purpose for you and you can achieve that uh, as you just dive deep and stick with him.
0: Wonderful. Well, thank you for joining me today, Timothy. It's been a real pleasure. I know it's going to bless a lot of people.
1: Great. Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you for listening to A Voice for the Hurting. You can find information on today's guest in the description below, plus links to follow A Voice for the Hurting on Facebook and Instagram. Join us next week for more inspiring stories to strengthen you on your journey.